And welcome to Babbleheads, a sports and wrestling podcast, and we have plenty of both to talk about today. Uh, we've had uh, a little bit of a little bit of a break, uh, but there's so much to cover today. And uh, you know, our main topic is going to be uh, AEW's first uh, pay per view, the the inaugural uh, Double or Nothing. Uh, and there's uh, plenty of uh, offshoots that we have to discuss. Uh, that uh, have to do with uh, their first pay-per-view, and uh, there's plenty to talk about. But right now, we're going to dive into, uh, we're going to cover, obviously, the two uh, playoffs. We are in the finals, the Stanley Cup uh, uh, Championship and the uh, NBA Finals Championship. Uh, we are at those two, and our, uh, our resident, of course, uh, I'm uh, one of your co-hosts, Jesse, and our other one being Mr. Eric Scott Tyler here on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, he is our resident NHL uh, expertise uh, advisor. So uh, I wouldn't go that far, but I, I am a fan. Yes. So uh, <laughs> the the Bruins and the Blues are in the Stanley Cup. How is this series going so far? Uh, yeah. I mean, so right now it's two to one Boston. The series uh, started off with a win by win by Boston, and then it looked like maybe. Boston was going to take the the next game, but they went into OT and, and the Bruce took it, so one to one, and then uh, Boston edging out the last game. Uh, they play tomorrow. I think it's in uh, St. Louis. Sadly, um, as much as I would love to see the Blues take it, I'm actually I'm a Penguins fan, but I actually always liked uh, the Blues a little bit. I like a lot of their players. I'm a big fan of uh, Tarasenko there. Um, it looks like it's probably going to be another Boston uh, championship, sadly. But the, I think the Boston is going to take it, probably. It, it, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's going to go to seven games. It might be a six, but Boston's uh, pretty much been the dominator all the series. And I know me and you talked about this before, but there was a uh, uh, like an anomaly that happened in the Eastern Conference playoffs with the NHL, where basically the Islanders uh, swept the Penguins in the first round, and then um, then the Islanders got swept by the Carolina Hurricanes, and then the Carolina Hurricanes were then swept by the Boston Bruins, who are now in the finals, which is... A very, it's a very wonky, very wonky uh, how it all worked out. Yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's, that's extremely crazy. I, would, I mean, I don't know if that's ever happened. you got to think that's probably maybe never happened. I'm not sure about that, but uh, I was talking about, about it with one of our... Uh, Esteemed listeners, uh, one Greg Bazan here, who was who was saying how crazy that was. He is a he's an Islanders fan, so I definitely heard that a little bit when uh, the Islanders took care of the Penguins. But yeah, I mean, it's been a crazy. Um, that's kind of why I love the NHL. Like, it's really, of course. I mean, the NBA has been definitely not what people expected to, but I always love the NHL because it really does not go. It, it never goes chalk by any means. Uh, and the playoffs are always extremely fun. So now, what's this say about the uh, the St. Louis Blues um, about that organization going forward? Obviously, making it to the Stanley Cup Finals. I mean, do you see this team staying in contention going on next year? Yeah, I mean, I, you know what? They've had a lot of good squads. They made they made the playoffs here and there. Um, I definitely don't think anybody thought they were going to go this far. That's for sure. Um, I think people pegged them to lose a lot earlier, especially in their last series against the the Sharks. I think the Sharks were definitely heavy, heavily favored in that. Mm, I guess it depends on like what they plan to do uh, if they keep some of their stars. But I, I think they're going to be a. It seems like with the the way the contracts work out uh, with a lot of their players, that they should be they should be in there for a while. So I, I picture them to, to to keep being being strong. Um, their goaltending is uh, held out. I think that was one of their biggest surprises this year. So it's it's always strange. But like I said, I, uh, touching back on the Boston, I, I hate uh, to see any Boston team celebrate a, a championship, uh, whether it be the Patriots who recently did that or the Red Sox who recently did that as well. But, you know, hopefully the Blues can pull something out and uh, we don't have to see the Bruins uh, celebrate another Stanley Cup victory. There's something in the water up there in Beantown right now. Uh, you know, I don't know what it is. I mean, obviously the Red Sox made a lot of great moves. Um, guys who produced maybe more than they thought they were going to produce. And then, I mean, the, obviously we know why uh, the Patriots go. <laughs> we, we've talked about that many times uh, with uh, probably the greatest quarterback to ever live, touchdown Tommy. Um, 
And then, yeah, even, you know, the Celtics people had hopes for them, but they fell short. But, yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, they're definitely the new city of champions lately, for sure. I mean, just winning winning uh, titles left and right. So, Well, it should be, uh, like I said, I've yet to really fully engulf myself in the NHL season because it runs so parallel, almost identically parallel to um, the NBA season. So it's hard for me to kind of maintain both of them. Yeah, for sure. I think hockey, like, all together, like, I love it, obviously, but, um, I don't know, it's just one of those, like, misunderstood sports, maybe, or not even misunderstood, it's just people don't, especially in the United States, it's just, it's, obviously, there's a lot of fans, but whether people don't get it or they think it's boring, I mean, it's, it's, it's literally, I, I, I would dare to say that it's probably the most exciting, um, I don't know, it's, it's, a, it's a super exciting sport, I mean, what those guys are doing, I mean, run, I mean, just going full board, nonstop, on ice, super physical, a really fast-paced, exciting game, and those guys are all tough as nails, I mean, I mean, the, you got guys getting hit in the face with pucks and, and breaking teeth and, and, and breaking their nose, and they're coming up, they're coming back out in the same game, whether that be... They're not built like NBA players, we'll just say that. <laughs> yeah, or, or, or any other sport, to be honest with you, but yeah, I mean, that's for sure, I mean, that's a really... The, the NBA, we know uh, we got guys out with calf injuries for, you know, weeks and weeks. Uh, so uh, whether the hockey players are smarter for coming back in the game or dumber, but uh, you got to... Uh, Certainly gotta tougher. Yeah, you got to respect it for sure. So, uh, so uh, moving on and obviously staying with, uh, obviously, you know, uh, hockey is, uh, you know, Canada's football. Um, but there's some other exciting news happening in the uh, the Great White North right now with the Toronto Raptors taking Game One of the Finals. Obviously, the Raptors um, really running uh, running roughshod over the uh, Bucks and kind of uh, honestly, I mean, maybe people don't see it as as shocking as I do, but they really uh, they shocked the world by just making the Bucks look you know look terrible. For sure, I mean, I I would never expected them to, to go this far and and like me and you talked about before there's i didn't never thought i thought this was going to be a pure sweep by the warriors i did not think um i didn't think toronto was even gonna maybe maybe some close games but uh i did not think they were going to take game one they obviously shot lights out right like didn't siakam miss like what like two shots or something like that like he was like absolutely on fire and then oh yeah and then we we talk about Kawhi and how Kawhi is just a stud and then uh well, Van Fleet there has been um, he's been on fire too it's, like I said I was shocked uh, I thought for sure that uh, the Warriors were going to just make him look silly and I think it's uh, what's thrown the Warriors off I think is this is the first time they've been in the finals and not had home court advantage I, yeah dude like do you think like that like is that playing into the effect and like it ha- it do definitely like Durant, do you think the Durant uh, stuff is, is, is really affecting them I, I thought with the last series, the way it played out, I was like, oh, well, they don't even need Durant, so. Um, you know, normally I don't think that they need Durant, but against this team, not having home court advantage, they're going to need him. He's going to need to play game three or four. I know he's not playing tonight, but um, it's, you know, Durant had has had a hell of a postseason up until he got hurt with that calf injury. Um, and DeMarcus Cousins is back, but he's proven to be a non-factor. Um, but yeah, they're going to need Durant, I think, to win this. Um, so it should be interesting to see if they get him for games three and four or, or what. Um, but the Raptors have come out and, uh, how smart does the Raptors organization looking, uh, are they coming out looking right now by taking a chance on Kawhi to see if he could stay? I mean, they're in the finals. I mean, I don't know what Kawhi's motivation is going to be. Um, I mean, he's not he's not necessarily ring chasing because he, he has that 2014 title um, from two um, with the Spurs, um, and he's beat LeBron and shut LeBron and the Heat down of their three P, and he's looking to uh, shut down uh, Steph Curry and uh, the Warriors three uh, P and their 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 fourth out of uh, five title uh, runs. So. Yeah, I mean, I think it would speak, I mean, I think for him this year, like what they've done, if they do somehow end up winning a title, I think it's it'd be really impressive. People were going to look at their entire squad and be like, man, they won a, 
they won a title with that squad against, you know, look who they've gone against, obviously. they. I obviously think the, the Sixers fell short. They should have, the Sixers should have won, in my opinion, obviously. That was, I mean, that was a close game, but a close series. Uh, but they've, and then they came out against Milwaukee, and just like you said before, made Milwaukee look really silly. Um, if they somehow could win a title, I think you're gonna, people are going to be talking about it for, for years. I mean, it's, it's I, I got to think, I, I got to, would like to see what the odds were before uh, the season started of them to even win, to, to make it to the finals or, or to even win one. But Kawhi, obviously, as we see, is a stud. And, I mean, he's proven right now that you can win with, you know, I mean, he's uh, with a stud like him and, and then some really good <coughs> players around him. Um, superstars, definitely not. He's the only superstar on the team. I think he's shown since he's joined that squad that uh, Kyle Lowry is not uh, a superstar by any means. He's uh, He's been a good role player in that squad. But so, we've uh, seen the revealance of uh, Pascal Siakam um, being able to carry the weight and, and lead them to that win in game one. Uh, you know, yeah, so, I mean, I mean, he was, uh, his field goal percentage in that game was, was uh, insane. So... Um, and that's what I'm saying. That's what that's what you need right there. Is uh, it's the guys that step up who aren't you know who's not the Kawhi Leonard's of the world. They're they're the role players that are that are helping you push past. So just like uh, looking back on the Warriors, like I, I'm sure when they drafted Draymond Green, there's no way they thought he would be as productive as he was, or, or Clay Thompson. You know what I mean? Like these. Oh, absolutely you, not. That's how you win those titles. I mean you. Well, some people will say you buy them now, but yeah, I mean they've—you win them for the people that you don't expect uh, to step up, and uh, that's what—that's what's happening. So they play um, tonight. They start in like fifteen minutes, right? Doesn't a the game? There's a game tonight, right? Yep. Yeah. And that's in—is uh, it in? Uh, that Canada? is in in Toronto. So in Toronto, still, right? Yeah, perfect. I wonder if your boy Drake will be out for full force, I'm sure. Oh, I'm almost positive he will be in full force tonight. Did you see he was wearing a, a Del Curry Raptors jersey that was autographed? Yeah, I saw. I mean, he's obviously uh, trying to be the uh, Spike Lee of Canada right now, and he's doing a hell of a job uh, doing that. So uh, Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously I don't listen to Drake. I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I don't care. That's not my thing. But um, you watch ESPN – uh, or like on their social media, they're posting about Drake just as much as they're posting about some of the players. Oh yeah, like I mean, times, after game one, how many times do we see him jawing with uh, with Draymond at the end of the game there? And oh, Steph absolutely. Is, Steph is laughing. So I think um, obviously I think it's good for the sport. Drake's uh, he's like you know whatever you want to call him, and uh, people seem to be excited about that. And I think it's they, I think it's. Good. I think the NBA thinks it's a good thing. You know what I mean? Like, he oh yeah, absolutely. Or else they probably would have stepped in by now. I'd imagine. So, um, and so, uh, who are you taking in this uh, in the NBA Finals? I still, I still gonna take the Warriors. I, I mean, even though they lost the first game, I, it's tough to pick against them if it goes. Uh, if it goes a full series, I just think with that talent and the way they can play as a team, and like I told you that last year, it's like. You know, there was a couple, a couple of those games where they took over, and I'm like, I don't know, it's just like they played such good team basketball with their passing and the way they facilitate, and then just when you got when Steph and Clay are hitting those shots, it's they're really hard to beat. So I'll say, I, I got to go with the Warriors. But. Warriors in what six, seven? Yeah, probably six or seven. I mean, I, I would have, like I said before, I think I. Well, I you know, I said sweep. I, I really thought that the Warriors were, was going to straight sweep them. If not, maybe the Raptors would win one game, which, you know, they won the one game, so who knows what could happen here. But, yeah, I got to think. I'm going to say six, probably. The Warriors take in six. I'll say Raptors in seven unless KD comes back and then Warriors in seven. What is, the, like, the – what's up with the KD? Like, is he – do we have a timeline for him? No timeline. All we know is he's not, play, not playing tonight. Yeah. There's still no timeline, right? Like they haven't said anything. It's just they, it's kind of just been day to day where they say he's not playing. He has not played in game one, and now he's not playing in game two. Yes, Correct. but he he traveled to Toronto. He did, was there for game one, and he is there for game two tonight. So I think that initially they had hoped maybe he would have been a, a, a game time decision, but it's looking like no. Um, 
So I don't know if it's even a po- it's even a possibility that he's uh, coming back. Uh, but obviously, Demarcus Cousins with the quad injury came back before him, so that's kind of shocking right. too. Well, you got to think if he traveled and, and um, that if that he's probably going to play game three. You got to think because if, if it's that much of an in, if it's that much of a risk, I don't think they would have thrown him all the way out to uh, to Toronto. I mean, that's a that's a that's another thing. Like you said, though, like with the home court advantage, that's a hike. It's not like they're it's not like they're flying to Chicago. I mean, you're still flying to. Uh, no, that's the other side of uh, that's the other side of the uh, continent. So yeah, so it's. Uh, that's quite a lot of travel, so that you know maybe that does play a big factor into it. Um, now we will not, we won't. Uh, we're going to move right into our uh, our big topic here, um, but we will uh, say that to tune in later on this week, we will be covering uh, free agent M- NBA free agency, and we'll up give you an update on the Stanley Cup in the NBA Finals. Obviously, there's a lot to talk about with uh, New Orleans Pelicans getting the number one pick. Uh, uh, so there's plenty to cover there, but we have uh, we have quite a bit to talk about with uh, all elite wrestlings. Finally, we've been covering this um, literally since the inception of the announcement, you know, uh, of AEW. So uh, and obviously we were huge wrestling fans even outside of the WWE product. Um, so we have uh, we have bought in uh, from the get go on AEW, uh, pun intended. Um, so let's, uh, let's dive right into it. We've been talking about, you know, what's this pay-per-view, this inaugural pay-per-view going to bring to the table? What are, you know, we pretty much, you know, they were showing us pretty much their, their, their poker face and we knew that they had a good hand. Did, uh, right off the top, Eric, did, did AEW's, uh, double or nothing, did it deliver for you? Obviously we watched together, so I know this, but obviously we're, we're being, uh, you know, we're build, building it up for the, for the, uh, listeners here. For the listeners. The Babbleheads Nation, we'll say. Yes. Um. <laughs> Greg Bazan you know, and two other people who listen. Uh, it definitely, uh, I thought the pay-per-view was amazing. It was exactly what I was, uh, as a wrestling fan, for this many years, what I what I hit the, the we were tone clamoring hit, for it. Yeah, we were clamoring for it, and it hit the tone of what I wanted to see in, in a show. I will say, like, I don't want to sound like I mean, I, the the final three matches of the night definitely like I don't want to say blinded me, but like the whole pay per view was great, of course. But um, the way where they went about it, I think like just us being so informed, like we know like who's a part of the company, and we've been following some of these guys for years that. I think that definitely adds to it, like uh, my my excitement for everything, and I think there's always a bonus when we, like I feel like I, I knew I was gonna love it um, beforehand, but yeah, I mean it definitely it definitely came through. Um, the battle royale at the beginning, the uh, casino battle royale was really fun, and that's that's what I, I think that they, that's what they wanted to show was just like kind of a get some of these guys' faces out there, have fun with it. Um, obviously, Adam Hang- Hangman Page uh, winning that to he's gonna he's gonna face Jericho at All Out for the title. I think that's gonna be a phenomenal match. Those guys obviously have never wrestled, um, and Hangman is he's on the cusp of being, in my opinion, being huge. Like he's obviously pretty well known. He's in the you know in the elite and and he's been wrestling everywhere. But I think like this is gonna help him catapult into a to a little bit higher of a level there. This will be yeah. his proving ground against, obviously, a legendary, uh, uh, yeah, legendary yeah. opponent in Jericho. I think they're doing everything great so far. Like, as we know, they're going to start uh, full time television on TNT in, in October, um, and they have they have shows lined up until then. But I think that the way they're already like initially starting storylines is uh, is great, and uh, you got you know the the possibilities are limitless. But I'm getting off track here, but just about the paper, yeah, it was amazing. Um, with the Battle Royale, um, I noticed that I feel like with, uh, I mean, just to compare them, because for years and years, or, or, you know, there obviously was no competition for WWE. They literally had to split their brands to create their own competition. So, right. so I mean, as much as initially I think they tried, AEW tried downplaying how they were going to be competitive against it. Um, I think they, you know, wanted to downplay it cause they didn't want to rest on the laurels of, Oh, we're going to be direct competition for them. They know Vince and the WWE aren't going anywhere, 
but they're going to have fun with it and they're going to expose, uh, you know, the, the grudge match that was thrown on the table. But with the, uh, 24 seven title that the, that WWE has, it seems like the WWE is trying to cash in on those glory days of like, say the hardcore title when there was the 27 rule, 24 seven rule. And with, and what, with the casino battle Royale, I noticed that, they did the Attitude Era era entertainment factor in that Battle Royale that WWE is trying to recapture with the 24-7 title, but All Elite did way better and had me way more entertained than, say, an angle with like like, like that with the 24-7 title. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they, like I said, that, the, that pay-per-view on all cylinders hit. Every match was, was entertaining. Um, the right amount of uh, like entertainment mixed, you know, with with the majority of wrestling, um, and like you said, like I think uh, WWE is just they don't have an answer for it. They're they, scrambling. We watch obviously. I mean, I, I still watch the WWE, and I'm still obviously a fan. But uh, I'm not gonna lie, it's like uh, it's like I, I'm a, I'm obsessed with AEW. Like it's all I it's all I want to watch. It's all I've been, you know, it's all I've watched the pay per view now, like. I don't know how many times um, over and over again, but yeah, I mean, definitely like if not a ten out of ten, the pay per view was a nine out of ten. I mean, I think they, they the way they did everything was absolutely perfect, and then obviously not. I'm sure everyone who wants to see it has seen it by now, but obviously, you know, um, John Moxley coming out at the end was, you know, there was so much speculation in it, and then to have him come out and do what he did and, and attack Jericho, and then uh, you know attack the ref and, and Kenny to build the somewhat you know of, of a future feud with kenny possibly and, uh, see i feel like um uh i feel like by the time he came out we had kind of even forgotten like oh there's a possibility that he could come out so it was yeah, like well, perfectly yeah. timed i remember like we both made comments like oh like you know mox is coming but i think like you like you said like i w- we were so amped up from those last three matches and just to see what like we just saw like a crazy match between two of the best of the world that's why I said they did it perfectly. Um, you almost forgot about it for a second, and then just when you, you know, just when you least expect it, then he comes. And I thought it was really cool. Uh, I, I listened to Jericho on uh, Busted Open talking about how that, you know, the the one thing they love about being in AEW is like not every, everything is not so rehearsed, and you know, there's no writers like in WWE giving you uh, these promos to cut. So that that promo he cuts at the end is just him like spitballing there, and, he, and they told. Um, they told Mox to not come out until Jericho said, I think, like, when he said, uh, I want you guys to thank me. And then uh, Moxie comes out. And uh, yep. it was just perfect. It was, it was so perfect. And uh, like I said, I mean, I think we know, like, I'm sure the ratings for that were crazy. The ratings are going to, like, everyone is just clamoring for, for, for AEW and to touch back. WWE has no response. They didn't really respond to stuff for a couple, you know, Sami Zayn saying the AEW thing. And. And apparently, I think, um, like, uh, the Velveteen Dream last night on uh, the TakeOver said something about, like, well, well, I don't think he even mentioned AEW particularly, but he said something, well, NXT TakeOver is how you do a real show. But they don't have any answers. Like, they, I don't know if they're even really trying. Like, like I told you, when you when the next, when two nights later you're putting a main event on with uh, R-Truth is in your main event, no offense to R-Truth, he's funny, he's been around forever, but if that's your main event, that's that's sad. I mean, come on. Yeah. They, they don't have any answer. And now that we've heard the Moxley, uh, you know, talk about the Tell All podcast with yeah, Jericho, like, which I'm sure everyone who's a wrestling fan has listened to by now since it was like number three in the world. Um, but we know how it's run, and, and it's too like they they take the they take the not the I mean the fun they they, they strip it down so. They take the they, they don't want the artists to do the art like they they're doing it for them and they're obviously doing it really wrong and like we and you have talked about millions of times Vince McMahon has a stranglehold on the company and he does his his way and it's no apologies my way or the highway and um, it's not going to change until he changes which he's we know he's not going to change so. obviously not he's um, in his seventies so um it just and, and it did really as much as like you and I knew. Like, we pretty much knew what was going on there, and everything Moxley said, like, you and I could have, you know, drawn our own conclusions, and we've said to each other, we know it's Vince. Um, But to hear it from an actual, uh, the talent's mouth, 
I mean, he played it so perfectly, and the fact that he filmed that. I mean, you and I had talked about like the the vignette that he had filmed, um, and we're like, oh, like who is that? It was like high production. Him hiring his own production person to do that in February, so he knew where he he pretty much knew where he was going. Yeah, well, he, and he like he said in the you know he talked about he you know he didn't know like before EW he would he said he would have went anywhere back to CZW and I, I found it really cool that he included Nick Mondo who's like a CZW legend to uh, to, to do make that, yeah that for him I just so rad and and like I said he he might have like even though he didn't even wrestle on that show I mean I think that's what everybody was talking about but that's what's so great is. Um, like I said, the AEW, everyone's excited. There's limit, limitless possibilities. Some of the best wrestlers in the world. And like Cody said, I mean, you, no one entity owns pro wrestling. Like the fans, and we own pro wrestling. And, and I think they're going to, they're a company for the fans. And all we're going to see now is great things. Like we saw Double or Nothing. Uh, it, was, it was amazing, and then you know, Fighter Fest. I'm sure is going to be cool, and then I'm all out. It's probably going to be just as insane, and I don't think it's going to stop. I really don't. I think it's going to just get better and better. And uh, you know, it's something we had talked about um, for a while, and and you know, it's something that you know, Cody, the Bucks, and and Kenny, and Hangman, and all those guys, all the elite, uh, doing the the you know the being the elite show and stuff. They have never uh, strayed away from taking shots at all that you know them trying to monopolize the wrestling industry. Like, the Bucks got offered... That's what I think's kind of lost with the craziness of AEW and everything, that the Bucks got offered AJ Styles... They each got offered AJ Styles money with a clause that in six months, if you didn't like what we were doing, you could walk out of this three-year contract. Now, that's unheard of, especially in Vince's eyes, but that just goes to show you... How badly, obviously that was before Vince knew that AEW was going to be a thing. That's how badly he was um, He was scrambling to really just monopolize the industry and keep it that way because he doesn't want any competition. Even if it, even if it, you know, they're obviously, uh, WWE and Vince are, are their own juggernaut and they'll never, re- they'll never go away. But he just doesn't like it. He likes being king of the castle. He doesn't like anybody coming in and... They, you know, they outsold them in Hot Topic merch. They, you know, sold out Las Vegas. They sold out Chicago in like 29 minutes for All In last year. Um, And he doesn't like what they're providing because fans are liking it more than what the WWE product is. You know, the the real hardcore fans, and you and I had, had dialogue about this earlier in the week, is, you know... We are not, this is what I take away from AEW. Obviously, we have the exact same thoughts on everything that's going on with it and, and how great Double or Nothing was and how great the, the the Cody versus Dustin match was. Amazing storytelling, amazing psychology, um, an old school brawl of a fight. And then you get, obviously, the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers like putting on probably one of the greatest tag team matches I've seen in recent memory. And obviously, Omega and Jericho, two of the probably two of the top five workers, without a doubt, in the industry right now having a match. Um, but as we said, WWE is WWE is uh, sports entertainment with some wrestling sprinkled in. AEW is a wrestling program with some sports entertainment sprinkled in. Exactly. And, and like I said, that's what people have been clamoring for. Since, since the end of the Attitude Era in the WWE, they, in my personal opinion, like I said, watching the Attitude Era, era, era and before that and after that, um, yeah, you know, they just haven't got it right. And I think that they went really PG, and I think it turned fans off, but they still were around. Um, and then, like you said, the hard, the hardcore fans uh, started watching stuff other places, like you know ROH uh, and TNA, which you know TNA is what it is, and then and then New Japan, and now, and but we've never had the thing as big as AEW in the United States. And I think that's what I said. Like we talked about this earlier, I said. That's the difference, like you said it too. Is is they're here? Like I love New Japan, but New Japan is yeah, also. Yeah, I think we could. We related to that on the same level. We had talked about, uh, you know, off uh, off mic that the 
New, as much as we loved Bullet Club, we loved New Japan, we loved Kenny Omega, we loved every, we love Okada, we love all the stuff New Japan was giving us and giving everybody. Obviously, they infiltrated one of the biggest, uh, you know, entertainment uh, merch markets in Hot Topic and became the highest selling shirts through the whole store. Uh, without any, I mean, they were outselling WWE merchandise like Hand Over Fist and, uh, you know. But now that it's on U.S. soil and nothing against New Japan, I respect and am so grateful that they provided that outlet for these guys to get over, get themselves over and have these amazing matches with world-class talent that we couldn't see in the States. They finally said after doing All In last year and selling it out the way they did in Chicago, you know, and, and meeting up with the cons to Tony Khan to get this, uh, you know, deal done with the billion dollar backing, you know, now it's it's our it's it's in our country now. It's 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 a viable wrestling, real rest pro, professional wrestling product in the U.S. Yeah, it's it's so it's very easy to to watch. It's going to be very easy to watch from now on. I think that's what. I don't think for us, obviously, because we're still watching it, but for the for the other fan uh, who's not like super into it, now it's gonna be super easy. You're gonna tune in on whatever Thursday nights or whatever it's gonna be on TNT, and you're gonna be able to watch these guys. And it's just gonna be, like I said, it's gonna be huge. Um, and that's what makes it better. I think, um, you know, I know me and you have a love for WCW, and when there was the Money Night Wars were going on, I I I, I loved both, but I always had an affinity for WCW, whether it be I think it was like the, the roster. I just loved the they had a tremendous roster of all different types of wrestling, and I think that's another thing AEW is going to be able to deliver is you're going to have the Lucha Brothers, you know, and guys from AAA coming in. You're going to, and obviously you think like people from New Japan aren't going to come in. Like everyone's so tight knit, and then you're going to see some of the people like we talked about who are in WWE who no longer who want out. We're definitely within the next year, like when we speak this time next year i bet you there's at least going to be five different people from the wwe who have left and and made their way over if not more i could be i could be way wrong with that but there could be a lot more but well you know we spoke earlier nakamura's contract coming up what is he going to do does he return to japan um you know who else you uh the club um with gallows and anderson like are they they're obviously really tight with all those guys are they are they going to go to AEW? the revival wanted out you know sasha banks pulling that CM Punk move and saying, screw you guys, I'm sitting out right now because I don't like, you know, obviously, and she's been very vocal on social media as well uh, about ADAW or, or, you know, at least kind of about that. We, obviously, but that's probably, she doesn't say AEW in particular, but we all know that's what she's talking about. So. Yeah. But, it's, yeah, it's going to be huge, and I think, like, they're able to know the, you know, Cody, the Bucks, Tony Khan. These are all guys. Are, these guys are all under 40. You know, Nick Jackson is still, you know, he isn't even 30 years old yet. He turns 30 years old in a few months. And Kenny Omega, all these guys are under 40. So they know the pitfalls that WCW had. They're going to avoid, you know, not pushing the proper talent that WCW fell into that that mistake of doing and not creating new stars and the same thing with uh, wwe nothing's gonna be it's not gonna be it's it's not gonna be sports entertainment and it's not gonna be all the the decision of one person and it's something that they you know joke about on their on the being the elite and stuff but um you know there's four evps it's it's kenny cody and the bucks and they all have such great minds for the business and that's what the comp- that's what it needed because, you know, you don't need. And here's the bottom line: as much as I love and revere Eric Bischoff, you don't need someone like Eric Bischoff running your company, and you don't need someone like Vince McMahon running your company. Why? This is the bottom line. Uh, no matter what anybody says, no one knows what the wrestler needs better than the wrestler. And you have the best, some of the best wrestlers in the world deciding what's the best thing for a wrestling company, and there's nothing better than that. And a wrestler who that, and they they're in tune with the fans as well. Exactly, because you know I mean? that's I, I think we all know that the people in he- the wrestlers who are in he- the head of AEW have, are in touch with the fans. They know what the fans want, what they don't want. Vince and those guys they give you what they give us what they want, and then if we don't like it, who cares? Like they don't <laughs> like that's just how it's been. And the the whole writers and stuff, I don't know, like, do I think a person who's never wrestled in their life can be a writer? For sure I do, like, uh, but, like, I, like, we talked about, 
there's like like Dana, like Ultimate Warrior's wife is like she's on like the creative staff now. It's just that's just a little strange to me. Like, what does she know about? I don't know making uh, anything about a, the a wrestling. Like, was she a wrestling fan? I don't know. I mean, maybe she was, but and and this is no one. And this is a no indictment on the talent that uh, WWE has. They have some of the best, and we've said it before, over the past three to four years, they have the literally the best roster that they've ever had. Oh, 100%. From, from, the, from the top of Raw to SmackDown to, to, uh, every, to NXT to NXT UK and main event, every, like, top to bottom, they, have, they still do. They have a phenomenal roster. They just don't, they don't use it properly. They push the wrong guys. Um, and yeah, they, Vince still loves the super jacked. Like, in my opinion, these days are meaningless. Not oh, not completely meaningless, but I don't know. Like he, that he money in the that money in the bank match. You got Finn Balor, who is arguably. I mean, he's the founder of the Bullet Club. Number one, number two, he's uh, he's probably he's probably in the top ten best in ring performers right now. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's worldwide and a phenomenal wrestler. Like, definitely, like. Probably, you know, top 10, top 5. Adored in the company. And he was huge in Japan. Like, and like, you're like I'll let you continue what you're saying. But yeah, it's just, it's just a fallacy. Like, what happens? And they just bring Brock out. And you have Mustafa Ali, who is amazing in ring. And is probably one of the, like, freshest and most unique... Um, most unique uh, newer stars to emerge out of the 205... Uh, and he's on the main roster competing in this main event match, the Money in the Bank match, and Brock Lesnar comes out, and and that was just, as soon as I saw it, I was just like, same old Vince. Same yeah, old sure. Vince. It's it, 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 that, and like, like we, we, we just talked about with this Lars Sullivan guy, like, no no offense to him, but like, I just get pissed when I see him, he, they're booking him in matches against the Lucha House Party. Like, those guys are all three phenomenal wrestlers, luchadors. And they make them. Um, maybe it was their choice to do the Lucha, Lucha House Party. It's definitely fun. It's a fun gimmick. But they book a match with the, the three of them against Lars Sullivan, and you know what's going to happen. Sullivan's going to come out and destroy them. It's like, where does that get anybody? That just Lars Sullivan is not going to be a superstar in that company. No. Um, he's just a huge. I don't know. It's just it, that's what's irritating to me personally. Um, like I like the obviously I love old school wrestling. I love like. You know the big muscular dudes. Like I don't know, but I just think it's you gotta evolve. Like Vince, there's only two times I can think where Vince really like. Well, I mean, obviously they gave they were were really bitter with the Punk and everything, and, and like he you know he was obviously held the title for a long time. But um, recently, the only time I can think of them stepping up and being like, all right, this is what the fans want. This what gonna what they're gonna get is like the Kofi the Kofi stuff. I mean. When they had Kofi in those matches, I mean, the fans were really behind him. And and I think that's when they saw, wow, like, the fans love him. This guy can carry a belt. Uh, same thing with Becky Lynch, too. Yeah, Be- Becky Lynch is another one. I mean, she, obviously, we equate that to her. I mean, she, I think she did that a little bit on her own free will, too. She's like, Jesus, I need to step up and do something. I guess I, I can't just be a baby face uh, this whole time. And, and people love, I mean, you remember those, those Raws. People are just straight Becky chance the whole time. I mean, yeah. We didn't care about anything. And, and, and I'll, I'll say Daniel Bryan as well, winning winning the title. I mean, but again, how reluctant, how long did it take for Vince to get behind that stuff too as well? So um, it's just sad. Um, but I think it's, the one thing I can say about all of this stuff is it's, the only thing is the person it's really good for is the wrestling fan. Because now, you know, especially for people who don't get really in-depth and watch stuff online or whatever, you're going to have the choice. You're going to be able to, or you can watch both. You're going to watch WWE. You're going to watch AEW. Uh, and this is better for the wrestling fan in the long run. You're going to see much more talent. You're going to see a lot more matches. You're going to see people be competitive. People, you know, trying to outdo each other. And then, and I just think it's, it's a good thing. So. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, it, it is, it, it's the most exciting time. And, and I know sometimes, you know, before before AEW really launched and when they first announced, uh, I knew it was going to be big, but I didn't think it was going to truly. I didn't realize how stagnant I was as a wrestling fan until I watched Double or Nothing. And then since then, I've been, I feel like, you know, before then, I was still like, I was so like uh, in tune with everything. But obviously, 
obviously the Bucks and Cody and Kenny, they weren't really wrestling since the announcement of Double or Nothing. They had pretty much almost six months where they weren't really doing much of anything. I know the Bucks had a match or two here or there, like surprise matches and stuff, but um, they really weren't doing anything. So I didn't realize how stagnant I had become as a wrestling fan just strictly watching WWE, and it literally happened to be like, well, you don't like it? Tough shit because it's the only wrestling that's on right now. Um, and I didn't realize how, how, uh, deprived I was of real professional wrestling, um, until, you know, now the last, uh, week and a day, I've literally thought about little to nothing other than AEW and those matches and I've rewatched them and I've just been like, just like clamoring for more and I've like, I'm re-obsessed with wrestling for the first time in probably nearly 20 years. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a great feeling, for sure. I mean, like I said, I've been... I think it's, like, the, the accessibility thing is cool for me. Like, I have New Japan World, so you're watching stuff like... You're watching the stuff online or not live. You're watching it after. But, like, yeah, like you said, like, these guys have reinvigorated... Uh, the love of... I mean, I've always loved it, but I, I'm, I'm on the same page, man. When I first started hearing about the Bucks a while, you know, a long time ago, and then, like, Kenny, and then once I saw them wrestle, it's like, you see how they, they go about their business, how they are in the ring, how they are outside of the ring, and now seeing all this stuff happen from an infant stage to to coming, you know, us waiting for all, oh, like, they announced AEW, and then, oh, they're going to maybe do a television thing, and then announcing the television deal. Um, it's really cool just to see all that all that progress right before us. I think it's a great time to be a wrestling fan, and like you said, it's invigorating because it's like uh, you know watching WWE for all that time. It's like this is all we're ever gonna get. Because I really I really feel that way. I feel I really feel like everyone thought this is all they're ever gonna get. You're never gonna get another huge wrestling organization on U.S. soil. You're ne- it was never gonna happen. I really felt like that, but I think it's great that it's happening and. And we're along for the ride, and it's going to be a great time for wrestling, and it's going to be a historic time for wrestling. And uh, I, I really think the WWE needs to take uh, some of these people's advice, and they need to do something because they're always going to be there. But I think it speaks volumes that another huge, you know, station in TNT, a huge uh, entity in the Turner stuff, steps up. They back this. They got to think, see that there's money there. Um, and, you know, they're backing it, and we're going to have actual another, you know, back in the day of, of you know, WCW Monday Night Wars thing. We're not, I know it's not going to be a war, but you know what I mean. You're going to have multiple options, and uh, it's great. It's so great. So, And uh, so what was your uh, – to kind of talk about a little bit of the, uh, the jabs that AEW did uh, intentionally take, um, obviously Cody and Brandy coming out there, her, her handing, him, handing him the sledgehammer and him smashing the, the iron cross to obviously uh, Triple H-esque throne. I mean, that is symbolic of, you know, we have – not so much is we've dethroned you, but the old model for – wrestling organizations in the United States is over. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I think it was a huge, like, cause they, you know, they, I, I watched an interview with Cody, I think a, just a couple days before um, he was uh, AEW. I think it was actually maybe, I'm not sure when the, when it really took place, but he played it like, you know, the whole WWE thing that there was going to be low key and it wasn't going to be any like kind of shots fired. At least that's what I, that's the way I. No, definitely. That's how he um, presented it. Um, yeah, I think he. I mean, I just think that a statement, statement making. I mean, every show that AEW is going to do right now is going to sell out. I mean, it's just going to happen. They're and you're, they're not going to be able to compete. Like, and then once that TV deal starts kicking in, and then the ratings, I'm telling, like, it's just. I don't know. I got to think that there's going to be some sort of panic mode in, into the WWE. Like the jet. I thought what Cody did was amazing. I thought that was. It got me fired up. I'm sure it got, you know, you fired up as well. And a lot of people, like, seeing him destroy that, it's just like, I don't know, just statement making. Like, we're here, and basically kind of like a middle finger to the WWE and and Triple H, who's obviously, you know, like pretty much the number two in charge of that company um, when it comes to, like, a lot of the talent and stuff. But I don't know. I thought it was great, and I thought 
it was a statement making show. Um, I like that they, they didn't go super super overboard with it. Uh, obviously, he let's face it, he broke up a, a throne with a sledgehammer, so it's it's a statement. But I like that 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 was kind of all they did. You know what I mean? It was just and they let Cody do it, a guy who was has strong ties to that to the WWE. He was obviously there himself for a long time. His brother was there for a long time. His father was there. His father is obviously the icon, Dusty. So um, I thought it was really cool. They didn't have to say anything. It was all action, too. Yeah, exactly. No words were uttered. Just, just that. Just that. And like I said, I thought it was really cool that Cody did it. And uh, and then he wrestled. They had an amazing match with his uh, with his brother right after. So. So what's your match? Of, what was your match of the night for Double or Nothing? Um, I mean. Like I said, the, the final three matches, which were Cody and, and, and Dustin, and then the, the tags with the, the Lucha Brothers and uh, the Young Bucks, and then Kenny and, and, and Jericho were all great. But I'm gonna, I'd have to go with Kenny and Jericho just because I thought they put on a phenomenal match, and it was just up, back and forth, up and down, just a brawl. And uh, obviously for the, the winner of the match, meaning so much to, to, to go for the shot at the title, that one stole the show for me. Um and then just the Moxley stuff afterwards was obviously a bonus, but definitely the Omega Jericho match. See, I've went back and forth between all three matches because they all three of them were that good. Yeah, that's what I mean. The three matches, the whole card was great, but those three matches definitely like were were all tough to pick from. They're all they're all they all could have been main events. And I mean that just goes to show you the talent level that they have right now too. Yeah, I mean, like I said the. Yeah, we know how big the Young Bucks are. I mean, Kenny Omega is obviously uh, going to be as a world star as well, and, and it's just going to get him even more more popular. Adding the Jerichos of the world into there is just the veteran presence, and he's a name. He's obviously going to go down, in my opinion, as one of the greatest ever. Just from what he's done, he's transcended everything pretty much. Um, he's changed his. He's, he's stayed relevant his whole career, but. Um, yeah, and then now to hear more, they're gonna do more with like a, with a tag team division, and they're obviously gonna build on their their women's division a bit, and it's exciting. Yeah, a lot of lot of good uh, lot of good people in the in the company already, but definitely a lot more to come from what it sounds like. I mean, yeah, and 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 to to speak to your point, obviously we discuss uh, how uh, anomalic Jericho's uh, career has been. Uh, you know, at this point too, he has wrestled for. Uh, you know, WCW, ECW, New Japan, WWE, been the first undisputed champion in WWE, helped create the Money in the Bank match at WWE, obviously endless titles, uh, endless characters, reinvented himself over and over again, and now he's in, you know, a, a, another crux of the wrestling industry. I mean, there, it's going to be really hard to not say his name when you talk greatest, some of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, think about, like I said, think about his career. He's never not been relevant, really. Even when, like, the the the, the deck was stacked against him, he made himself relevant. Um, and he's got his hand on this now, so whatever AEW ends up, ends up doing, he's going to be right at the forefront of that, you know what I mean? And I, obviously, we can almost guess that it's going to be a great thing. So, um, he's a smart man, definitely smart, so... Uh, without a doubt. So, um, and I guess, uh, I guess we'll uh, we'll wrap that up. We'll wrap it up. But uh, obviously, we have uh, with wrestling. There's uh, there's so much more of the story to be told for AEW with uh, with Fighter Fest coming up, then Fight for the Fallen, and then of course uh, uh, All Out, which is you know obviously the the sequel to All In, uh, the Saturday before Labor Day. I do like. I will say I do like that they're doing the pay per views on Saturdays. It seems that like they're gonna stick with that trend. Yeah, see, I think that's great too. Saturday pay per views, and it really, they're making it so it's not like a thing where you have to choose. And I think that's really cool too. It's almost like being the bigger person. <laughs> like we're not gonna make you choose on a Saturday or on a Sunday if you're gonna watch the WWE or, or AEW. I think it's great, but the volume, the ratings are still gonna speak for themselves. I still think AEW is gonna destroy them. Um, but who knows? I mean, WWE has like their long time like fans that are only into the only into WWE. So. I guess you never know, but 
obviously we, we strongly suggest anybody listening if they haven't seen Double or Nothing yet. Yes, watch. watch that. Also, if you're a big wrestling fan, listen to Chris Jericho's podcast with uh, you know John Moxie, a.k.a. Dean Ambrose, who, who just left the company. It's very revealing uh, about the WWE and what happens behind the, behind the scenes. Uh, right up there with CM Punk's podcast when he was on Cole Cabana's podcast. Uh, basically about how kind of corrupt and uh, uh, Vince McMahon is in, in the WWE. So it's definitely eye-opening for people who've never you know, delved into that before. Yeah, uh, 100% is uh, very revealing and gives you a good insight as to why uh, people, certain people will not be re-signing uh, contracts with uh, old VKM. Well, yeah. I mean, props to John Moxley for saying he doesn't wrestle for money. He's doing it because he loves wrestling. It's like his greatest love in his life. And uh, I think that speaks volumes about that guy. I really, you know, me and you talked about it before where, uh, you know, at first when Ambrose was around at WWE, we loved him and then he kind of got stale. But it really wasn't his fault. They were making him do a bunch of dumb stuff and getting away from who he was. So, um, but yeah, definitely check out that podcast. Oh, 100%. And uh, if you would like to spread the word and tell others to check out our podcast, we'd greatly appreciate it. You can listen on, you can listen on uh, Apple. Uh, uh, you can download us on iTunes and the Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find us. Uh, rate, review on those uh, respective sites and uh Spread the word, and uh, we'll be back later this week with another episode with uh, plenty more to talk about uh, sports and, of course, wrestling. And uh, we've been your hosts. I am Jesse HS. I'm Eric Tyler. And I hope you've enjoyed this edition of Babbleheads, and we will see you again very soon. (laughs) 